Thank you very much, Rabbi Kramer, for the very kind words of introduction. Uh, now, I see we're starting ten minutes late, um, but um, I wasn't planning on paying attention to the clock anyway. <laughs> uh, I have a little, uh, little mystery on that, you know, uh, it was well known in yeshiva that uh, yeshiva zechal Bracha sometimes would go over time. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll see how things go. But uh, when when you're dealing with something that's really important, it's very kedai not to really pay attention to how long it's taking and let it take the time that it needs. There can be situations in life. You're having a conversation with somebody, and uh, it's of an important nature. It could be helping that person. It could be on a shidduch. It could be an important conversation that you're having. And uh, you had an original plan of what your schedule is going to be like, and where you're going to do, what you're going to do, where you're going to dive in, etc. But then you realize that you just got to let it go. So uh, you can't be afraid if. We go in a direction that's all the all the clocks get turned off, you know, the game clock, the shot clock, all the clocks are off. You have till six o'clock, right? Yes. Okay, you know, if we don't if we don't finish, I'm willing to come back again. That's for sure. But and uh, in, in all sincere seriousness, I really would like uh, to ask you to join me on quite a journey. But the first question is, um, did, that you have to ask yourselves is, what reason do you have to want to listen? I know you have to be here. <laughs> but can you answer for yourself why it's really worthwhile to actually pay attention and listen? What is the, the reason you can give yourself? So, I have an answer, I hope that you'll agree with, and that is based on the mission in the beginning of the fourth parak of Avos, that uh, asked the question, who is worthy of being called and receiving the title of a truly wise person? Is it somebody that knows enormous amount of information? very brilliant, very deep. So the Mishnah, as the Ben explains, says no. That's not the person who's worthy of this great title of a Chacham. Because he might know everything and not really appreciate it properly. And then he's not worthy of the title of a Chacham, but rather quite the contrary. Who is worthy of the title of a Chacham? Someone who has real, true love for wisdom even if he doesn't even have any yet. But somehow he has the sense within him that the wisdom, especially of the Torah, is so valuable, so great, is of Hashem himself, it's worth trying to acquire it. And he's willing to learn from anybody, certainly at the beginning, but even all the way through, at any stage, he's willing to learn from some, somebody who says, even someone who only knows one thing, will be willing to learn from that person 
to try to learn from that person. So I can consider you, Rabbi say, all Chachamim, potential Chachamim, and that therefore it's worthwhile to listen to somebody who maybe only has one thing, to, one idea to share, because it could be helpful. You never know, it could be life-altering. Sometimes you may hear something that's life-altering coming at the most unexpected time. Rabbi Kramer reminded me, or Rabbi Bell reminded me, that uh, I mentioned previously, I don't think it was last year, I think it was the previous year, that one time during a shear, Roshiva Zechan Levracha said a line that was life-altering to me. He wasn't trying to do that. He just said in the course of the conversation, referring to his father, my father, my Rebbe, my friend, my playmate. Whoa, it could be all that. Father, friends, Rebbe, playmates, he could be all, all those, all those could be combined in one person. That was like whoa, a whole new view of life. So you never know when that could happen. And especially, you know, the fact that uh, my own son is here, but everyone is supposed to be like a child. So certainly, it's my fervent wish to try to give over something that could be helpful, that could be useful, that could be meaningful, that could be uh, life-altering, we hope. Alto Slabodka stressed very much a person has to constantly be re- Creating himself, gaining a whole new, deeper, radically different understanding of everything of a Torah on an ongoing basis. So we should be open that even if we have learned a lot, Baruch Hashem, to still be able to discover something new that could really change everything in a very good way. Uh, and there's also an aspect. Um, I lived in Kew Gardens. The very famous Magad of Yishlaim, Rav Shadron, used to come and visit regularly. And then one uh, occasion he was speaking at the Shul in Kew Gardens. He said that he has a Kabbalah from his Rebbe that um, something comes to his mind during the drusha that that's something that the seabird needs to hear. So there's the concept that. Hashem sends to the group what they need to hear. So uh, I hope that's going to happen. It's hard to know exactly what's going to be, you know. As much as I prepare, it's not perfectly prepared. That's okay. So allow me to start with... Oh, before that, I have to mention one more thing. It connects to the idea of even uh, learning one thing from one person. I think it was fifth grade at PTA. Rebbe, at Yitzchak's PTA. Rebbe's, Rabbi Shriman to you, of course. The Rebbe said to me, if your son ever has difficulty in learning, you should know one thing. That means the Rebbe is not doing the a good proper job because he has everything that he needs to be successful 
There's only one 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 machalukas I have with that Rebbe, because he seemed to be saying it about Rabbi Shimon and Yitzchok uh, specifically. And the truth of the matter is, it's clear in the Gemara, every single Jew has the capacity, the ability to succeed, to gain a share in Torah, not just any share, a unique, individualized, tailored for that person, for that neshama, share in Torah. Chavaz Chaim brings from the Groh, every person has his own unique chalik in Torah, that's the treasure, that's the matmain, that's buried in his neshama. So, if you're ever having difficulty, if it's not going so well, that only means one thing. The, the proper approach hasn't been found yet. The learning is not taking place really where you are. The Rebbe or the Harusa or the Yeshiva hasn't found the way yet to reach you. Maybe you're not so ready yet for the hard work. I heard at the hospital of Shneer Kotler, said that Rabbi Shneer was asked, why are you spending such a long time with older Talmidim that don't seem to be having any success yet in their learning? He could spend more time for himself. Rabbi Shneer said, I have, I received from my father, from Avaron Zechon Levracha, of Kabbalah, clear instruction that in America, many times a person's abilities and learning come out at a later time. And he said, Not allowed to limit them. Not allowed to put a, a limitation on the person's opportunity to succeed in learning. But to keep on working, keep on working, maybe at a later age, he's going to blossom forth as a great London. I've seen people that were struggling. It took them a long time. They couldn't sit. And it wasn't, somehow it wasn't ready. They weren't ready yet. Now sitting and learning and plugging away. Every person has, what, again, with the Chavitz Chaim, has a shame could give him a shame the grow, his own unique chalik in Torah. If the Rebbe would say he can't, he can't do it, that's called, he's robbing him of his Yerusha from Sheshis and Abrashis, every Jew has the capacity to acquire Torah. Sometimes it takes a number of times. Like Repetus Talmud had to ask 400 times. Okay, it takes 400. It's worth it. That one time, you know, he had to ask another time, another 400. That day it took 800. Okay. So this you must know. This, this is more important than anything else I'm going to say. But we'll, we'll continue. You must know you have the ability to acquire, to succeed, to, to acquire your own very special. It's very hard to identify exactly. But this is what the gross says. So we all have that capacity. So whatever Rabbi said applies to every single individual, every Jew. Okay. Anybody remember what we talked about last year? Oh, good. Because it wasn't quite right and I want to start over again. <laughs> So we have a fresh start. Okay. The Gemara in Sechta Shabbos brings a story of a non-Jew who wanted to convert 
but he had a special condition for his conversion. What was the, what was the condition? He wanted to be taught the entire Torah, the more used expression on one foot, which the Masha explains means he wanted to be given one single fundamental principle that encompasses, that is the foundation of the entire Torah. Quite a, quite a request. He came to Shammai. Shammai said, I'm very sorry, it is not possible. I can't give you one single principle that could be a foundation for the whole Torah. It's too broad. So many principles. We cannot define Torah with one principle. He came to Hillel. Hillel accepted him. And Hillel proceeded to teach him one single principle that serves as a foundation that encompasses, he ended off, the rest is just explanation. He said, Zil, this is Kala Taira. The rest is just the explanation. Go learn the rest, all the details. He gave him one single principle that as the Mashah is explaining, it serves as the foundation for the whole Taira. So if I'd ask you, um, can you think of anything based on your own logic or what you've learned of what could be defining, defined as the single principle that's the foundation of the whole Torah? Did you ever learn in a Sefer a statement that was called, described by the author as the foundation of the entire service of Hashem and the highest level levels of service of Hashem. Hmm. Okay. My, my assumption is that this statement is the probably single most famous statement in any Musa Sefer. Go ahead. Okay, we're getting there, but not exactly. But if you'd ask, if you'd ask, if you'd ask me, if I would have been there, I think I would have said what the Masul Sasharim says. Or we'll elaborate a little bit with the help of Derek Hashem, with the same author, the Ramchal. I would have said, I would have asked, I would have first asked the person, can you tell me why you think Hashem created the world? What was the purpose of the whole creation? He probably would have answered, hmm, that's a good question. I'll let you tell me. And I will look in the Ramchal. Like, like I say, so the Sharm and the Ramchal is more elaborate. It tells us why Hashem made, Hashem made the whole world and gave the Torah as the purpose of the creation. Hashem made the entire world because He wanted to bestow the maximum good that is possible to bestow on a created being. So it was creating the being, creating the person, for the sake of giving him the maximum good that's possible to give. Why? Because that's Hashem's means of chesed. We have to keep in mind, whatever we say about Hashem is only borrowed language. We cannot describe Hashem's essence in any manner, shape, or form. And whatever we do is not perfectly accurate. 
We have to be very careful about this, Ramchal says. But that's all we have. So we say, Hashem has this quality. Hashem has this midah. Hashem has a desire to bestow good. How much good? The maximum that's possible. Hashem's midahs are infinite. Hashem's midah, the, the desiring to bestow good, is the maximum possible good that's possible to give and to bestow. Okay. How will that be accomplished? Well, let's ask better. Where is that good to be found for the person to be able to receive that maximum, absolute, highest good? Hmm. You know, I forgot to warn you. I forgot to warn you. You have to seat built in very, very tight. You have to fasten the crash helmet. <laughs> uh, you're ready for a ride here, high-speed ride on rough terrain in an all-terrain vehicle. But I hope you're ready. Says Ramchal, that maximum good can only be found in one place within Hashem Himself. Hashem Himself is the source of all good. can't even say the words. We have to say the words. Ramchal says the words. The way that a person will receive the good, the kindness that Hashem wants to bestow is by there being a way for him to derive, to connect to the good that is of Hashem's true essence. Connecting to Hashem himself. If I wouldn't say the words in Ramchal, I wouldn't dare to say such words. That's what it says. That is within Hashem. Meaning the whole Torah is just a system for a person to be able to derive the maximum good by connecting to Hashem who is the essence, the absolute good and the source of all good. So I would have given that as the answer. Everything is the Pirish. Everything is the details. Everything else in life, everything of the Torah, says Ramchal, Hashem made aspects of completion. Those are the ones that make us like Hashem. They're aspects of deficiency. Those that we have to rid ourselves of. That's part of the process of becoming like Hashem. Hashem is devoid of all deficiency. And all the challenges, all the struggles, the Sahara, freedom of choice that we have, that we have to use our ability to try to face all the situations of life, all the challenges of life, which includes everything of Torah, and Torah includes everything of life, it's all for that purpose, as the means, just like a laboratory, for us to be able to connect to Hashem and receive that maximum good. You think that would have been a good answer? Would that be a way of defining? Doesn't the Messiah say, Yesayu the foundation of the highest level of piety, of perfect service of Hashem is, she's barish, be clear to a person, his mission in life, and what Chazal taught us is, Shadam le nivra Hashem, a person was created to receive that maximum benefit that Hashem wants to give him, the highest peak pleasure, is only through what? That connection to Hashem. That's why Hashem made the person, made the world. That's what his mission is, to bring about Hashem's purpose in the world. 
He says it in Bait Sitzis also, in Derech Hashem Bait Sitzis. A person is defined as the Eved, and that is the foundation. He is the one into whose hands was entrusted the mission of the Master, which is what? To perfect the world, and mostly of all himself. To perfect himself, to be able to receive all the good that Hashem wants to give. He is given that mission and defined as the one to bring it about. He is the Eved of Hashem, the trusted servant who has that capacity. Because it can't happen by itself. We really have to spell this out. Why can't Hashem just give it? Hashem can't just give it. Because if Hashem just gives it, it won't work. We won't be like Hashem. Hashem is innately good. He wasn't made that way by somebody else. It wasn't put into him. He is good of himself. For us to be somewhat like Hashem, able to connect to Hashem, we also have to have that goodness that it should be of ourselves, that we acquire it, that we own it, that is of our own true essence as much as possible by our choosing it, by our working for it. Okay, anybody was still with me? <laughs> this stuff like, ooh, it's like very lofty, right? It's like way up there, right? This is very, very deep stuff. It's really okay if some of it is not registering. It's good to hear the words. Put it away in a safe place. Maybe don't, don't wait 40 years, but it'll be worth the wait. Because I'll say, uh, something that takes to be age 40 to be able to understand. But I'm happy for you to get it long before I got it. You're already ahead of the game. At least you know something about it. You know where to look. You know what to ask your Rebbe to come back and teach you more about but the bottom line is, Hashem's purpose is what? Give us the maximum good. How is that coming about? By our partnering with Hashem, by our doing our part, our share, our putting in the effort to understand this Torah, to understand Hashem, to connect to Hashem through all the midos, all the mitzvos, and then we achieve the purpose of Hashem being able to give us all that goodness that He wants to give us for eternity. But that's not what Hillel said. One slight problem. That's not quite what Hillel said. Oh my. Hillel said a very strange statement. Hillel said, My daloch sonny, the chavrach loisavit. What you hate, don't do to your friend. What's that all about? What you hate, don't do to your friend. Which friend are we talking about? So Rashi says, it's referring to Hashem. There's actually a pasuk in Mishlam and elsewhere where Hashem calls us his friend and calls himself our friend. It says in the pasuk, Don't abandon your friend and your father's friend. Says Rashi, Zeakarish Barakhu. Says what Hill means. Don't abandon your friend. But what does it mean, Maidalachsani? Would you hate? Says Rashi, because you hate, it pains you, it's like unbearable to you that your friend should go against what you say. What's that all about? A friend going against what you say? We need to explain it. But so then in the same way, don't go against what Hashem says. 
it's very strange. Hashem is not hurt. We can't harm Hashem. Hashem is not going to feel put down, feel disrespected. What is Hul trying to say? You know the, the pain of your friend going against your words, of your being let down, of your being somehow disregarded. So don't go against Hashem's words. How is, how is this sister? How, what does one have to do with the other? Because I feel bad, well, Hashem is going to feel bad. I shouldn't make Hashem feel bad. I mean, we have a concept of Tzara Shechina, when a person is in Tzar, Hashem is in Tzar, but you can't say the whole Torah is not, Hashem shouldn't feel Tzar. It's, 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 it's very strange, very hard to understand. So everybody ready for the next blast off? Now, now the motorcycle is turning into like a fighter jet. And eventually it's going to become a submarine. Okay. So let's take a step back and remind ourselves a little bit, get in touch a little bit with um, what this word, chavroch, your friend, what friendship is all about. Let's try to like review some of those qualities that you need to really be a good friend, to really create a good friendship. You need a lot of very good qualities. If we had enough time, you know, I would prefer people share, like we already started to do a little bit. But uh, for the sake of, of some, some adherence to the time schedule, I'll try to do it the best I can. So I think it's safe to say You need to be kind and considerate and generous, giving to the other person, of course, caring for them, for their needs. You need to be loyal and committed to be in it for the long haul, not just when the going is good, you know, fair weather, whether it's whether things are more comfortable, whether things are tougher, to stick with the person. You need to be honest and truthful, presenting yourself as who you truly are, being straight with them so that they know how you feel about things, how you think about things. We need, of course, to have respect for them, really, really understand their true value as a person. We need to be able to accept them with their shortcomings, to realize yeah, they're human. We have our, our failures, our lacks, our a lot of, you know, challenges. And it's okay. So that's, they'll feel fully accepted as in, in the entirety. You don't have to be putting on a show to be the kind of person that uh, they think we want us to be. We would need, of course, humility not to even want to be above the other person, but to want to be really together. We would need to be able to trust in them and believe that they'll be there for us when we need them. We could probably benefit a lot from sharing the desire to gain wisdom and doing it together because we need each other, especially in Torah, we absolutely need it, because nobody can get it on their own. 
where we need to be tolerant and forgiving and patient when they're sometimes insensitive. And we need very much, what we mentioned earlier, one of the sessions, empathy, able to really see from their perspective, to really to get in on their wavelength, able to try to feel what they feel and see what they see and understand what they are thinking. We need to value them as a unique individual. And of course, we need to be sharing, or it would help very much to be sharing a real valuable purpose in life and striving to accomplish it together with the help one to another, which is the only way to accomplish it. Let's try to imagine if we had those qualities, and our friend did too, and we created a real close friendship together of really caring for another, devoted to one another, helping each other, giving to each other, growing with each other's critical help. What would that feel like? Can we, can we imagine, can we envision what that would be like? This is, you know, very uh, sort of hopeful or very... Uh, Imaginary, but that's okay. We need to be able to imagine it. We should let ourselves imagine it. I imagine that if we imagined it, it would be something very, very good. It would be very, very deep, very powerful, very good. That connection that real, true closeness between the two people. How does the Torah view it? How does the Torah value it? How much importance does the Torah give to it? Well, what if I tell you that that's the midah of shalom? The Maral says in Avos, Aaron HaKoyim was Oiv Shalom, V'Roidev Shalom, because the main goal of the Koyim Godel was to unite the Kalah one to another, and with Hashem. How much is the Torah value Shalom? The peak value. Even Hashem, whose seal is Emes, didn't say the full Emes to Avram Avinu, not to, this, not to cause, any, I mean to Sari Menu, I mean, sorry, not to Avram Avinu, but what Sarah said. He didn't tell Avram the whole, the whole story because there could be somehow some kind of a slight disturbance of the closeness, the, the total connection between Avram and Sarah, if he would share something that Sarah said that Avram could take somewhere, we don't understand why, of not the most complimentary thing. And, and so many, so many sources of Shalom being the peak achievement, how critical it is for the connection of Klau Yisrael to be one, to be Ba'achdus, Kish Echad, to receive the Torah, to fulfill the Torah, only accomplished through that full connection. So the Torah gives it such value. Okay, where is that that kind of, that that Indian of connection? That is the culmination of all these Midas. What is the real source of that Mida? It can only be one source. Hashem Himself. 
Hashem is the true possessor of that midah of connection, of true, closest, deepest connection that all those midahs contribute to. And Hashem manifests it in his relationship to Klal Yisrael. The Rebbein says that the reason why the Gemara says that Hashem wears tefillin is because Hashem is so closely attached to Klal Yisrael that there's no way to describe it except to say that Hashem wears tefillin. And what does it say in Hashem's tefillin? Tefillin is like an ornament, like a crown, almost like a crown. What would we, what would we think it says in Hashem's tefillin? It should say, Mika Meichab Eilim Hashem. It would say, Anoche Hashem Elokecha. Oh, that's not what it says in Hashem's tefillin. In Hashem's tefillin it says, Mika Amcha Yisrael Ve'echad Ba'aretz. We, Klau Yisrael, are Hashem's honor on earth and he's wearing us as his crown. And the Gemara is saying this as a way of communicating how close Hashem is to Klal And the Ramchal says, the mere fact that Hashem relates to us, even as a king to a nation, is the expression of Hashem's tremendous midah of humility that allows us to have that connection. There really should be, or cannot be any connection. How can Hashem's infinite independence needs nothing being be connected? But He gives us, He saw fit in His humility to give us that connection where He is honored by His nation. But it looks like it goes even further than that. It's further than a king to a nation. It's further than a father to a son, you know, if you want to give a mushal of such closeness, when you give a mushal of a father to a son, especially the son gets everything from the father. And the Torah gives that mushal in many places. Why is Hillel choosing the example, the relationship of two friends? Why is he giving that as the as the form of closeness? in his describing, and his referring to Hashem's relation to Klal Yisrael. The only reason I could think of is because that's the relationship that's created by the two together. To, to give a martial love, Hashem is so close to us, like the loving king to his nation, devoted to life and heart and soul, his very life, that wouldn't be sufficient. Devoted like a father to a child, that won't be sufficient. Because that will not be describing that it's done together, that it's, that it's a joint creation. Our closest to Hashem is not just what Hashem gives us, which He gives us so much, but it's even of a higher nature. It's one like that that friends have with each other, that the two together create it. And we also, by our attaching ourselves, by our engaging in all the midas of Hashem, by all the chachm of the Torah, we are making ourselves close to Hashem. Hashem wants that there should be that closeness between us like two friends. Do we have the right to talk in such a manner? Hashem wants it to be the closest between us, like two friends. 
I don't know how, but I don't know how not. Because that is what it is. Because what symbolizes all the good qualities that a person can achieve? What contains them all? And what produces, what, what is defined or called the, the closest that is created by all those qualities? Friendship in its best form. That's what comprises all the good qualities of a person. So how can we describe Hashem's closest to us that comes by our requiring all the good qualities that are of Hashem's true essence, that are what are truly good? There's only one way to describe it. That's friendship. So it's correct to say that Hashem wants that we should have the closest possible friendship together. But it's not enough to just say the words. It's not enough to explain it in the best way of how, in the most intellectually solid way, how all those qualities will make us like Hashem, will bring us close to Hashem like any two good friends that are sharing all these qualities and are devoted to each other. Hashem is devoted to us. He doesn't need us, but we are devoted to bring about His plan. So we are working together to bring about that plan of the ultimate good through all those qualities that Hashem represents that are, that are good because they are His, that we are having. It's not enough just to describe it. You have to get a sense of it. How can you get a sense of it? How could you feel it? How could you know it? Says Hillel, I'll tell you how you could know it. You could know it from yourself. You could know it from your own personal experience, which Hillel says to him, I hope you never really had to have. But if you would have it, you'll know it. Imagine that devoted friend that you are devoted to with heart and soul, that you gave everything to, you gave yourself, you trusted Him, you worked with Him, you are committed to Him and Him to you, and you have to share something with Him that needs to be kept only between the two of you for a very valid, important reason that you can't even tell Him why. And he forgets. And he tells somebody. And it doesn't necessarily even become disastrous. Maybe you're spared from the disaster that you were afraid might come about. But he forgot and told somebody what you were trusting him, relying upon him, needing him to keep between the two of you. That one of the greatest benefits that he's giving you is the person you could tell anything to and know that will be kept only between the two of you. And he slips and he tells somebody. How do you feel then? What is the, what is the devastating pain all about? Is it because of the harm you're going to receive now? The, the, the embarrassment on social media? The loss, the financial loss? The loss of the job that you're hoping to get? Whatever it might have been? That's not the pain. The pain is, my devoted friend let me down. I thought I had something so good that that should be somehow not there, ever. Oh. Now we know 
that the only way we ever know how good something is is when we lose it for a moment. Hopefully we get it right back. But the only way to know the goodness of something really good is not through the regular life experiences. Like somebody said to me, I can't write down all the good things that happen. They're just, you know, normal life experiences. Baruch Hashem. I tell my friends, we talk, we have a nice time. Nothing there to write about. If somebody hurts me, there's something to write about. The things that are good, we don't really take note of. We won't be conscious of the true inner deep good of that closeness, of that friendship. When will we become aware of how good it is, how valuable it is, how precious it is, how meaningful it is, how beneficial it is, only when it's lost for a moment. Says hello to the gear. You know the value, the benefit, the good of a real, true, close friendship. So you know what the Torah is all about. The Ebishter wants to give you the maximum good. How? By connecting with him. What do we call that? We call that friendship with Hashem. We call that the closest, closest connection that could possibly be, which is connecting to Hashem. And the way it's described is friendship is closeness. The way it's experienced is closeness. We can't know what it is unless you have that experience. And the only way you really know that experience is when you lose it for a moment. And if you'll tell me I'm off my rocker, which I wouldn't fault you for, the entire Torah is friendship with Hashem, so I wouldn't blame you. But then, I read a little further in the Derech Hashem. And he says there, he says there the words, Behold, you'll see, The true perfection is Hashem's essence. The Hester Panov. All deficiency is only the hiding, the hiding of Hashem's goodness, the removal of Hashem's goodness, the absence of Hashem's goodness, and His concealment. The nimza, and it comes out, the light of Hashem's presence, and his closeness. Will be the root and the cause of all completion, all perfection. All completion, all good is. The closeness to Hashem. And what is the Oras Panav? What does the phrase Oras Panav mean? So if you look in, in Parashas Nosai, by Bruchas Kainim, where it says, You are Hashem, Panavilecha Vichuneka. What does Rashi say? Rashi says, Hashem will show you Panim Seichakais, Panim Sehuvais, a shining, friendly, glad, happy countenance. Hashem will be happy with you. 
Hashem will be close to you. The, the, the Mephorish says, why does it say double Lushan? We shouldn't think it's only in Olam Haba, not in Olam Hazah. No, it will be in Olam Hazah also. So the bottom line is that all completion, all goodness is essentially connection to Hashem. This connection is the goodness of connection which is described as friendship which is only understood by the feeling, by the experience of friendship. So Hill is saying, Hashem wants there to be friendship between you and Him. And that will be the greatest good thing that there could possibly be experienced now and forever. Because it's very subtle, it's very deep. But now there's one more point. And here, I don't know, be ready to, be ready to crash. <laughs> now, now we're diving. Now, now the rocket ship is diving down to the bottom of the ocean floor and finding the treasure that's just going to explode. Because all this still sounds great, but we still don't have it. It sounds beautiful. We still don't have it. There's only, way that, there's only one way that I know that you can have it, that you can really get it. Because our mindset is so far away from this. It sounds beautiful, but it's distant. But I think there is a way how to make the connection. I really should shut off the recording because, you know, this gets out, so lock me up. But remember, we're trying to have a real friendship real closeness. Hashem is calling us His friends. Achai v'reyai, the Pasuk says. Laman achai v'reyai. Hillel says, reyach al-tazai. Do not abandon your friend, Rashi says. So, what is one of the most critical aspects of friendship that we already discussed a little bit this morning? I couldn't hold back from going that direction. What is that? That's empathy. What is Empathy. You try to see it from the other one's perspective. You try to get in where they are and look at the situation, how they're looking at it. Are you ready? I shouldn't say we're going bla- we're, 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 we're diving down. On the contrary, we're blasting off past the stratosphere, past, the, past all the galaxies. I guess where we're going to land. We're going to land not next to the Kisya covered. We're going to land on the Kisya covered. I want you to try to imagine yourself to employ the quality of empathy in its full, 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 fullness with regard to Hashem. That means you are now viewing the world as Hashem. You are viewing your creation and every single one, including yourself, you are looking at that creation, that person, as Hashem. With what desire do you have? With what understanding of the Torah do you have? 
when you are looking at the world as Hashem, the creator, the giver of the Torah. Try to stop and think about that for a couple of seconds while we pause the recording. This is meant to be real life experience. If you hold that it's wrong, that it's also to do this, I respect that, and then don't do it. But if you are not afraid of that, which it says in the Torah, the Altus Labadika has a Lushan, Avram made himself into a Makar of Chesed. He became like Hashem to the point of being like an independent source spring of Chesed. Because he was being Daimil Hashem. So we have to be able to try to do that and see what happens. Give it a couple of seconds. I want to do it too. How much good do you want to give? Infinite. Infinite. How are you going to do it? You can enable your creations to connect to you. How are they going to connect? Through all the qualities that are of absolute goodness. Of you, that is of yourself. And then they will be connected to you. And that desire that you have to have that connection with them for their sake, will be fulfilled. But that is Hashem's desire, to have that deepest, most powerful friendship connection with us that can only be accomplished through the joint effort, through everyone, through our putting in our part to connect to Him. And that will be the most enjoyable experience that could possibly be experienced in this world and forever. And how do we know? It's mafurish in the Rambam. The Rambam says if a person has extra money, what should he spend it on? Matanas Lavyenim, Shalachmanas, Sudas Purim. After all, the Ikimisa Purim is Simcha. So you might think the Suda, maybe Shalachmanas, says the Rambam, he should spend it on Matanas Lavyenim. Because the greatest Simcha that a person can experience is the simcha of gladdening the hearts of the Yusainim and the Almanis and the Niyim and the Gerim, people that he doesn't even know because he doesn't even know who the Gabbai is giving it to. But he knows there's someone out there who's going to be encouraged by this, who's going to be uplifted by this, who's going to be somehow comforted by this. And that says the Rambam, he is doimel shechino, he is being like Hashem, about whom the Pasuk says, Hashem is uplifting the broken hearts of the downtrodden, in the ways that probably only they couldn't sense. So by our being like Hashem, we are experiencing the maximum simcha. This is a very different kind of simcha. It's not euphoric simcha, it's not the simcha like winning the championship, but it's in there. And it will certainly be there for eternity. So this is what we have to try to do. Take that feeling. We know what it would be like if we would have that devoted friend that would somehow somehow limit the friendship, minimize it, put it off course, even momentarily. Why should we, why should we mess up something so good, so beautiful, so amazing, 
which Hashem wants to give us, which we can have, that closest to Him, that's, you have to be crazy. Okay, thank you very much. Got it. Thank you very much.